Hello once again, everyone. Welcome back to the Loving Arms of Network Special, the podcast that talks about the golden age of appointment-based television, roughly. We talk about 1970 to 2000, but not always, as Nate will tell you. And who is this Nate I'm talking about? Why, it's my co-host. Say hi, Nate. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Zachariah Durr, and uh, in the booth is the mysterious producer, Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. That's what his voice sounds like. And you may have heard somebody giving gales of laughter, well-deserved to my hysterical joke. Uh, so we, it's only been Nate and I on this network special, special ship from so far, um, and as Jeremy says, it's vacation day for him. Every time we record, there's never any dead air. There's no <laughs> mistakes to edit out. There's no long, questionable tangents for him to cut down. So we decided, why not put a little variety into the show and have a guest, a network, very special guest. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman sitting across from me is Mr. Mike Went. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. And Mike, uh, very quickly, let me tell both uh, Nate, who I think this is your first time meeting Nick, and all our listeners Mm -hmm. in their homes or gyms, uh, you don't work in the film industry in Cleveland at all, or probably in the Great Lakes area without knowing Mike. Uh, He is involved with the Cleveland Film Commission. He does a million other things that have to do with film. He knows a lot of celebrities. He knows all the filmmakers. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Who, who We're do we here for either? dirt. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, recently I got to interview John Krasinski about uh, Quiet okay. Place 2, which uh, I was actually surprised to be asked to do that because I figured they would have asked Bill Squire or... Mary Santora or something like that, but uh, they asked me to come Instead, in. Instead, they got so. a beloved fixture of the film community <laughs> here. Uh, briefly, get into a little bit of what you do with Cleveland Film Commission. Sure. So I do a lot of scouting for, for films when they're thinking about coming here uh, to the Cleveland area. Um, then I, uh, you know, I show them all the different crews that they can hire, all the different you know, locations, the different uh, businesses they can utilize to help make their movies. So, um, you know, right now we have a fairly large Netflix film in town. Uh, There's a lot of stuff I can't talk about with that particular project. Everything is shrouded in secrecy right now. Uh, I I probably even wasn't supposed to say (laughs) Netflix movie, but... Does it rhyme with... (laughs) Plainger Plainger plings? Maybe. Did they uh, ditch Atlanta finally? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, part of that, you know, that, that's that's a big part of my job is to like, you know, help put out any fires uh, that, that come from these different movies when they come into town. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's fun. There are sometimes it's very stressful, but, you know, I'd rather, you know, be the guy that they put all their burdens on than, than somebody else, I guess. They call you the fixer. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Ray Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> How good is it for Cleveland location scouting that we don't uh, tear anything down? So we have a lot of very old locations and then just ruins of buildings that you can shoot stuff in that we've never taken care of? Yeah, I mean, 
the the Westinghouse plant, I think, is the is the place that's been shot the most. Uh, it's off of uh, East Fifty Fifth and Cedar, and it is literally a shell of the building. It looks like a bomb was dropped in the middle of it. Uh, but uh, so many films have shot there. I mean, name and, some of them. Who uh, are some Avenger- of Hollywood's elites? Avengers shot in there. Nice. Uh, so uh, Scarlett Johansson was tied to a chair. Um, White Boy Rick, uh, The Land, um, All the Bright Places, and uh, some of Cherry was actually shot there as well. And now, of course, Stranger Things 7, (laughs) still the 80s, will be filming there as well. (laughs) No, Dad, I want to stay with film. We thought you might have changed your mind about that. No, he don't want to change his mind. We want to do a movie show called The Bill Show. It's going to be a real good show. That's sort of how we met. Uh, so we have you here today to talk about a little film called Bill, first shown in December 22nd of 1981. Bill came sliding down everyone's Christmas chimney. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Bill, uh, I'm going to read the synopsis from IMDb. As long as it's not too long. Oh, it's not. Good. Uh, This movie is based on the true story of Bill Sachter, a developmentally disabled adult who has been confined to an institution for most of his existence. The good-natured Bill finally gets to enjoy measure of freedom after Barry Morrow, a documentary director, invites him to stay with his family. While the Morrows have plenty to teach their mentally challenged friend about life, Bill has his own brand of wisdom to impart. (laughs) Uh, This film stars Dennis Quaid, very young, fresh-faced, late 20s Dennis Quaid in his first big film role, and Mickey Rooney as Bill in his 4,000th film <laughs> role. Yeah. So, uh, one reason... This was uh, 1981, right? 1981. Yeah. Um, Do we know what, what, this air, what station it aired on or anything like that? CBS. CBS. The Family Network. And <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. one one reason why uh, I invited you to come in to speak on this movie, Mike, is of course you're very knowledgeable about movies. You love movie history, absolutely. But also, you have a relationship in your life that I will stress does not mirror the relationship in this movie. This right, is not with an elderly man. Um, <laughs> but tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship. Yeah, so I have uh, I have a good friend uh, named Nick Baker. Um, he is uh, down, he has Down syndrome. And I met him when, uh, right after college, it was hard to find film work here right away. So I naturally went to the, the first place I could think of, uh, was a movie theater. Um, so a lot of times, you know, when friends come in and see you working at the movie theaters, like, oh, you made it, you, you made it in the film industry. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, there was- they, they know you don't make the movie and then run upstairs and show it, right? <laughs> well, I, there's a, a lot of heavy layer of sarcasm there. Oh, so. okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, so as, not too long after I started there, there was, um, you know, we had somebody came in and said, like, you know, I'm worth the work pro- program with one of the uh, vocational schools local to here. And, you know, we're, you're going to have this um, young man start start here. Um, they told us that his, his mother had just passed and he was having some kind of, uh, difficulty communicating or, you know, which is kind of down. So, um, they kind of partnered him with uh, a couple of us, uh, just to kind of get him acquainted. And 
not too long after he just, you know, he got very comfortable working there and him and I just became friends. And, um, it was one of these things where, uh, you know, he can't drive. So I would take him to different places. We get lunch initially. And then it started to become this thing where I would take him and his, his girlfriend on their Valentine's day dates or something. So that's a lot of times like people see on social media around Valentine's they're They're looking for the fact that I'm taking him out there. Uh, but yeah, him and I, you know, we actually right before I got up here, he, he gave me a call because we were supposed to go to Indians game and then he like uninvited me. And then he was just trying to see <laughs> if, if I was available again because he lost his ride. So, uh, <laughs> so you two are on the outs now. Okay. No, no, it, it it, it was all just a misunderstanding. Sometimes when talking with him, like um, I can be sometimes sarcastic or vague in my uh, responses to him. So he thought I was super busy, even oh. though I, you know, I made it aware that I was available. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I we've now known each other about 15 years, I would say. And how close in age are you with him? I would, I mean, we're, it's kind of like a brother, a brotherly uh, friendship, I would say, like I'm about to DJ his sister's wedding. Um, you know, I know his family fairly decently. So yeah, I would say it's a, it's a good relationship. How, how close are you with him? Like, is there a kind of a limit that you, you get to, or do you get pretty close and personal? Um, well, I mean, well, it's like, he calls me at least once a day, usually, uh, sometimes it's, you know, Facebook message, um, which, I know the times when he, he gets his phone taken away, he has a tendency to um, get involved with bots on um, Facebook who sometimes <laughs> pose as, you know, he thinks it's like a lady that's interested in him, even though he has a girlfriend. Um, and sometimes <laughs> they're asking for money and, you know, I have to always explain to him. It's like, you know, if somebody really likes you, they don't really ask for money right away. So, so yeah, there's a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, I know it's never met me. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds kind of weird. And, and sometimes I, I know some of my, you know, I guess regular friends like questions, like you hang out with somebody who has down, but I don't know. I just like it, you know, I think under most circumstances, he is a pretty normal, you know, high functioning, um, down syndrome, uh, person just because, you know, he's talking about a lot of things that we all talk about going out, you know, girls, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, the Indians or whatever, you know, like he just, you know, he loves wrestling too. So that's like, uh, one thing that I've kept the WWE network because, you know, so he can share it with me basically. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and I also want to make it clear it's not like uh, I brought you in. And, like now we have an an expert no, to no. Uh, talk in <laughs> third person about this. But I thought that I What's wanted the science so- on this. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted somebody who had sort of a a relationship a little bit like in the movie, which is based on a true story. There is really a Bill Sactor, um, and there's a documentary that came out a couple years about about the real guy. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's dive into Bill. There's no exclamation point. I always want to say it that way. The big flourish. Um, Nate, do you want to start walking us down the path of Bill? Yeah, so Bill is um, 
and like we said, this is based on a real person. So this is just also a kind of a documentary in the way we're talking about it. Uh, and there is actually a documentary about him um, that you can see online as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's he was, as a child, he um, was kind of cast off by society, put into a, a mental uh, an institution and was there for like 40 years or something, right? Well, hold on. And I'm sorry. Can we back? I let's oh, do the sure. movie first, and just walk through the movie because it's going to get really. I don't know how much I can back and forth. I'm going to get myself confused <laughs> with it because yeah, I do yeah. want to talk about the documentary, but I kind of want to hold out. Yeah. I would like talk talk movie first. And well, then I guess we'll talk I was reality. giving a little back background on right him oh, even in the thing, but I got gotcha. you. Oh, just yeah, just say how we were introduced to yeah. our friend Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, he we, he's. He's um, obsessed with this city Santa, right? That, that's the opening. <laughs> that is right? how we meet Bill. Is he's staring at Santa, talking to children, yeah, and saying and repeating his ho ho hos. <laughs> and then he he falls in with this guy on the street who cons him into buying him drinks and and um, and I can't remember exactly where it goes from there. Like that's like the opening bit, but who pulls him from? Is it the social work? So the next thing we see is we see that Bill has been thrown in prison. He's gotten conned and beat up by a vagrant. Uh, Everybody is a real ass to Bill. The social worker (laughs) is very demeaning of him. The policeman calls him a wino. Um, And it, 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 it always should be said, Bill is being played by Mickey Rooney. Um, who is wearing a bad wig. It's supposed to be a bad-looking wig. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Mickey Rooney, when I saw him in this role, I thought, wow, I can't believe Mickey Rooney was still uh, going, even in his 80s, and he lived so long. And then I looked up, and he's like 70 <laughs> in this movie. He looks <laughs> like he's 100. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rooney, I mean, but Mickey Rooney famously loved the sauce, and uh, he had a kind of an active life, so I think he uh, may have okay. aged a little intensely. <laughs> but, but Bill in this movie looks like uh, a little – uh, potato man, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just that little Mickey Rooney head. Um, he looks older. He's definitely looks way older than I think the actual bill. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. By like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Does he wear like the same, it seems like he wears like the same outfit, like throughout the whole film. Is that, I mean, am I wrong? Pretty consistently. That? He has the same wig and yeah. little leather hat yeah. that he wears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike, how how would you describe his Mickey Rooney's performance of Bill in this movie? Just to kind of set the table. Well, I I did see he did win an Emmy for it, which mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I feel like he probably studied certain people. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, I you know I thought it's it's not bad. I could see where if certain people um, who are who are critiquing these things like now, nowadays, I think maybe back then they might've been like, Oh, this is a triumph, you know, a, a very bold <laughs> performance. But I think now, like in hindsight, 40 years later, you know, I'm sure there's some people who would be like, Ooh, you know, that's, it comes, maybe it comes off a little cringy or something, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, looking at it from that point of view, I think he, he wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I thought, you know, it seemed like he put a lot of care into it. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just, just in my opinion. Oh no, I didn't mean that. Like, hmm, interesting take. 
but he works at a country club at the beginning, right? Is, the, is he still at this country? Is this where it starts at the country club? Dennis Quaid comes in to pick up his cocktail waitress girlfriend who works at a country yes, club. that's right. And Bill is in yeah. the back room washing up by himself on Christmas Eve. I want to say he's the only person who's been told to clean in the kitchen Yeah, as his boss is yeah. also mean to Bill. <laughs> that's what, the guy, that's what uh, uh, Barry says in this. He says, you know, screw, you know, screw that guy. Come out of here and have some fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Dennis Quaid <laughs> is a, a documentary filmmaker. He meets Bill immediately decides to make a movie about him. <laughs> As I guess he's the yeah. only intellectually disabled person he's ever met or seen in his life. So he's like, you're yeah, gold, mister. <laughs> Doesn't he start yeah, I mean, immediately they, filming him? It it seems like it. I mean, because I mean, I yeah. I know like we're introduced to his character and he's trying to get these different grants for for something that we don't even really we're not really like told what That's he's right. he's making <laughs> the vaguest documentary in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah, this is the a slam dunk. I think is what he says. Something like doesn't it? Does he say <laughs> or, or something like that? Probably. Because <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't. I know the box office in the seventies or eighties used to be a little bit arty or more adult. I don't know how many cineplexes were clamoring to see the documentary about a Bill style person. Uh, yeah, he starts uh, immediately taking footage of of Bill, um, bringing Bill around everywhere. Bill just gets everyone gets so mad at Bill so yeah. much, even though they know Bill's deal. Um, like Randy Quaid or Randy Quaid that boy, this movie would be amazing with present day Randy Quaid <laughs> playing Bill. Um, yeah. Dennis Quaid starts asking about the institution that Bill used to mm. be in. And this obviously makes Bill very uncomfortable and he gets up and he leaves. And every time Dennis Quaid makes Bill upset, the, the way he reacts is to go, Oh, come on, Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill, yeah. come on. What's the matter, Bill? <laughs> Dennis Quaid's energy in this movie is so weirdly. I don't know if he was excited. This was his first like major yeah. film part. He has the most aggressive energy. Like he sits down to dinner. He's like, mm, oh, honey. Oh, baby, this soup. Oh, oh. <laughs> Something about Dennis Quaid's energy always makes me think that he's um, lying. I don't know if it's his face, his eyes, or his his yeah. kind of that grin. smirk. It's yeah, that grin. He's got, he's got that grin like I – uh, in preparation of this, I watched a couple of his interviews with Conan or Jimmy Kimmel over the years. And it's always like that. Like, like he looks <laughs> like Jack Nicholson and Batman, you know, like that's <laughs> yeah. how he looks like the whole time. And I don't, <laughs> he always plays the only time I think he's really great as an actor is when he's playing a insincere person with a secret. Yeah. He's great in traffic as a mm. s- snaky lawyer, who is insincere and has a secret. And he's really good in that parent trap remake where he plays a charming dad who has a big secret about the fact that he has another child. Uh, and then, so I, I guess we just kind of see the, all these scenes of Dennis Quaid haranguing Bill into being in his movie. This is a movie that takes its time and does a very slow scene and then you get a scene of dialogue that seems to cover what should have been 20 minutes in the movie. You're very orally caught up with a lot of 
stuff that maybe we could have seen. And I don't know if that's just a budget cut or a TV movie yeah. thing where it's like, well, we don't really have the time. We have Mickey Rooney for this number of days. We have to kind of like get him in the park, get him in the apartment and bing, did, bang, boom. Did they sp- was this, uh, do you remember the runtime? Was this one like spread across a two hour block? I think um, it was like, I watched it on YouTube, like one continuous thing. It was like 97 minutes. 97 so. minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, man. So, how much was on the cutting room floor? I don't think much. Probably. I think they seem to, <laughs> it's all there on screen. The whole budget's there on the screen. Well, you know, when you're talking about like how he goes into the filming and it's just like, yeah, Bill brings up the fact that I do not want to go to that institution. Where does Dennis Quaid immediately take him? We're going there. (laughs) It's it's like he thought Bill was like doing like a uh, don't throw me into that briar patch. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'll I'll call your bluff. Right. He takes Bill to the institution. We're going through this seemingly very quickly. It happens really quickly. This is the first 50 minutes of the movie we're barreling through. He takes Bill directly to the institution where he lived since age seven for 44 years of his life and was then finally released and kind of made a war to the state, I want to say. Um, We go to this institution and um, Dennis... Quaid talks to a doctor who took care of Bill. Bill has the vaguest symptoms in the world written down in his file. He just says mentally uh, insufficient. And then we get a scene where we're seeing what I assume are people who are genuinely in like a care facility, right? Yeah. It's, it seems like they probably just piggybacked onto, you know, something like that. <laughs> We, yeah. Dennis Quaid is like, oh, he grew up here? This is terrible. He starts yelling at the doctor about how terrible his institution is. And then the doctor <laughs> opens a door. And they have put 20 people like who have seem to have very serious mental issues, mm-hmm. like cram them into a room the size of this studio, <laughs> which is about the size of a medium storage closet. I felt really bad for the people they had in the scene. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. Where do you think this is? Boy, this is a real uh, deep end of the pool question. But it occurred to me while I was watching this scene. What do you think is the line for people who have maybe lesser of an awareness of of um, consent to be in something or awareness of the surroundings and filming them for a movie like this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there were, you know, certain things maybe back then. I know it's not that long ago, but it is 40 ish, you know, 40 years ago, there might've been more, um, like sensitivity training that some of these filmmakers have now gone through. Like there's, there are certain films that, uh, like recently played, there was one, uh, or, you know, like peanut butter Falcon, for example, you know, that is something when they made that, like they have like all these different consultants there, uh, you know, all these kind of like training to, to, to work with actors of those kind of disability ilk. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about, like were things different back then, you know, and I know it's not even that long ago, but. uh, And to be clear, I'm not trying to call it this movie as like, see, they were terrible people. I think their intentions for this movie were good. Yeah. I'm just, as a general question of now, um, does does that have you ever had to work on a, a shoot that requires that or was it ever a process or 
Do Peterborough Falcons shoot here at all? No. Okay. No, but um, I, you know, there was one film that I worked on uh, that I believe we did have um, a mentally disabled actor, and there there was a lot of things that had to be explained. You know, it was a kind of a, you know, like they made sure everything was explained fully and that they were, you know, that it was just acting. It wasn't, you know, we're not really putting you in this situation. So I know they, mm. they took a lot of care with, with the actor when they did it. It was only like one day, but, uh, but it was, I mean, it was really kind of cool to see, you know, cause it was just one of those days that everybody was kind of on point and just very, you know, made sure everything was inclusive and, Nothing was confusing. So it's almost like describing acting as play. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I know the Fairley brothers work extensively in their like later comedies mm-hmm. with people, especially what was the Johnny Knoxville Special oh, the, Olympics the movie? The yeah. Ringer, which won a ton of awards for working with people with mental disabilities. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I never saw it. But you hear the, the idea of the film, I'm sure – People stayed away because they just assumed it would be the most offensive movie yeah. in history. John Knoxville uh, fakes having a uh, uh, mental <laughs> deficiency for uh, getting in the Special Olympics so he can win a bunch of awards and is then quickly called out by all the other right. uh, competitors. <laughs> Where does Bill lead us from there? I, I feel like we just get thrown. So it's like he's. I think it kind of jumps to well, Dennis is trying to uh, bury Dennis's character. He's trying to um, advocate on his behalf, like getting him some um, better care and stuff. And then he, then there's the kind of like employment crisis he's having because he can't get the grants, and so they're having a baby, and the wife's like, "Look, we got to pay for this baby." So he starts applying at jobs and gets a job out of the state. Um, and so he has to leave Barry or he, I'm sorry, Barry has to leave Bill. But I think before that he goes much more before that to, well, doesn't he go to the social worker first to get Barry or to get Bill dentures? Yeah. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, he, was, he was getting him healthcare. And stuff. Yes. But I didn't want to skip by the infamous. I love chicken <laughs> scene. <laughs> oh, I don't oh, even I, one scene before that, like as she's, uh, you know they're they're kind of going through the the baby store, and she sees the 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 baby uh, bassinet or whatever that she wants, and it's like a thousand dollars or something. And he's like, oh, I can't afford that, and she's like, well, damn it, you know, like I want that. I like it's like I'm sure our parents can give us one of my old ones. Like I want the new stuff. It's like she's kind of a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> why did they feel they need to make the wife the villain of right. this piece? <laughs> she keeps on, she wants all new stuff for the baby. Every time he wants to reach out to Bill, she is reticent about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll get to it. But when we were watching those scenes, I was going, I bet the wife was not <laughs> the person standing in the way. Right. In real life. <laughs> Spoiler. It wasn't. Um, but the, he's going to the social work and he says, Bill needs new dentures. His teeth are rotten. Um, she gives him a hard time about wanting to get his friend dentures. And she (laughs) says, well, would you invite Bill over to your family's house for dinner? That's right. 
And then the next thing, ding dong. Okay, Bill, now you're going to meet my parents. Uh, we're meeting Dennis Quaid's parents. He has the waspiest, whitest parents in the world who live in a New England mansion. Uh, they're the the Snootington family. They don't like the fact that he's a filmmaker. And apparently, Dennis Quaid has not prepped his parents, either that Bill right. is coming over or any background on Bill, which is... Is not okay, <laughs> especially if you know your parents are kind of, uh, um, you know, snooty asses. Right. <laughs> Maybe give them a heads up. So then you have this very intense scene that uh, Mikey texted me about. Do you want to share the magic of the <laughs> I love chicken scene? Well, yeah. so, you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're all sitting around the, the dinner table. And at first, um, Bill is offered green beans and he, he says how much he likes green beans. So he like almost takes half a plate of that. And then when the, <laughs> the chicken is offered to him, he he grabs multiple and the maid, I would, okay, I, I kind of blame it on the maid because she she just stands there and just lets them keep taking it. And, like, she just kind of, even, like, after he after he exits the scene in, like, kind of a fit of rage because he gets yelled at by um, Barry. He, sorry, I shouldn't laugh about it because it just makes me laugh. But... But yeah, she's still, she still stays there. Like, I don't know if the director was just like, okay, yeah, real good, real good. (laughs) But she just kept like, she keeps like there with the chicken. Yes. Obviously you don't let your guest take two whole chickens worth of fried chicken, but she does just stand there like a statue and like looks around at the table. Like, can you believe this? (laughs) But what am I going to do? I am the help. Guess I'll have to, guess I'll have to make more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, he you know he's touching every piece, even the ones that he's not putting on his plate. Uh, but yeah, like which makes Dennis Quaid yell at him. <laughs> it's very quickly taken care of, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He goes, "I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry too." And then they go back and eat, and that's the last we yeah. see of the parents. <sighs> a lot of last we see of the person in this movie, a lot yeah. of comings, comings and goings, a lot of revolving doors. Yes, and then. Um, Barry decides he's going to move to a different part of Iowa, right? So he's not that far away. Iowa City. Well, yes, Iowa City. And how, how, like four hours or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, they have the baby. Dennis Quaid's giving us a lot of energy about the baby. (laughs) They get a phone call. (laughs) Bill has collapsed. uh, So they go uh, get Bill and... uh, Asks Bill to come and live with them, which of course his wife has a problem with that, and then she doesn't. It's right. very yeah, quickly it's, it's, resolved. Yeah, she's all she's very then nice for the rest of the movie, pretty much. Right. There's the crisis where he goes like, "I think we should take Bill uh, in to live with us." I think there's a terrible idea. There's children here. <laughs> then he goes to get Bill. Is like, "Hey, where's my guy? <laughs> yeah. <Is> that Bill." <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know, one one quick thing I wanted to just kind of circle back with on like the chicken scene, um, I guess, um, you know, to kind of like relate it to to Nick a little bit. Um, you know, there have been times when when I bring him in kind of social situations or stuff like that, and you know that I mean that kind of scene I've seen it before. You know, where it's like if there's one thing that you know kind of happened, like there was one time I had a 
a couple people. I was a big fan of the room when it played at Cedarly a lot and he wanted to come with. And, you know, we all went, stopped at the bar before and it was, you know, he can't really drink. So he got kind of upset about that. So we like ran off, you know, so it was like a scenario where then I had to go console him. And like, I'm sure some of my <laughs> friends were just like, oh man, why did, you know, but you know, he obviously, he enjoyed the movie afterwards, but you know, so it is kind of like that. I mean, not saying that every scenario is like that, but I kind of related to it when I saw that, like, you know, then you kind of just have to talk him down and just then apologize basically. And then, you know, he then comes around. So, I mean, certain scenes like that, like kind of hit home when I saw it, I was like, damn. Yeah. Would you say you're, you're, uh, so I, you said your, your friend Nick has down syndrome. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Okay. So in the, uh, but for Bill's diagnosis, it was just kind of like mentally insufficient or something. Is what it said. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that they're very similar in, um, their function functioning or whatever, however you describe, I always hear like high functioning or, or we're going to get a million, all listeners, we're going to get a million terms wrong on this. Like just (laughs) believe we're doing our best to, would you, would, (laughs) so would you say that they're similar in, in how they respond to things or is your friend? Yeah. Yeah, Cause I would say Nick is on a very high functioning scale of things uh, where, you know, um, his, his, girlfriend on the other hand is on the lower side of things. So she, um, like she's communicative, but sometimes it's really hard to understand what she's saying. Um, sometimes she can, um, you know, just be very quiet, but he's always very kind of like well-spoken, um, you know, for, for somebody who has down syndrome, I would say. Okay. When you go out with Nick and like you have a server at a restaurant or you're talking to people and I'm sure that they, there's a moment where they kind of like realize what the dynamic is. Yeah. How do you see people? Obviously I I would guess the right thing to do is just be yourself and be nice, which is a easy thing to say and not everybody is capable of it or knows the best way to do that. Um, what is the good way and bad way that you have seen people interact? Um, I would, I mean, the good way is, is, you know, kind of like you said, just to kind of act like things are normal. I think sometimes the bad way is to like the high pitch, like, Oh, Hey there, buddy. Oh, good to see you. Suddenly you're talking to a dog. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Where, you know, I mean, I think he kind of gets a kick out of it when people do that. Like, I think he's aware, you know, where he's like, Oh God, who is that? You know, but, um, but, but yeah, no, I think just kind of, yeah. Treating, you know, somebody how you would want to be treated, I would say, you know, makes it good. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really, do you feel like you're dealing more in situations where it gets difficult? Are you dealing more with people's uncomfortability in the situation versus people being actively and aggressively mean or cruel. Yeah. I'm, I mean, cause there are times say like, um, you know, if we go to a dinner or something and they're, they're trying to figure out like, you know, who's paying the bill kind of thing. So like, usually they, they're trying to slide it to me and, you know, and that's where he goes, Hey, that's for me, you know? So I think it's just sometimes, yeah, there are, there is an uncomfortability sometimes like they're like, you know, is this person going to be able to, you know, be able to, to pay their bill and, and tip me and all that stuff. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I could see sometimes where that, you know, it, 
you know, and I understandably for people who don't deal with somebody like that on a, on a regular basis, they may, they might think that there's going to be all these like full pause or something like that. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of times, like I, I do have to kind of keep him, you know, in line <laughs> with certain sure. things, but, but, but for the most part, you know, it's, you know, just, he's really good at, you know, just functioning yeah. properly. <laughs> I guess when you're a kid and you're getting the very early lessons of, of, uh, you know, watching specials or reading books about how you interact with people, the lesson is normally, don't be cruel. Don't right. make fun of these people, which of course, when you're talking to a child, maybe that is the first thing you need to tell them. Um, those kind of big lesson books don't exist for adults. And I feel like <laughs> right. the don't condescend without knowing it is kind of the next lesson to move on to in those situations. No, absolutely. I agree. It's, um, I, yeah. I always learned when I, when, um, you know, the first thing I always was told was don't laugh, never la- don't laugh, don't laugh. And um, I remember I helped out in the special education class one day and we were with some students or something and the teacher there was laughing at everything. You know, like <laughs> the, the student would do something and the teacher would laugh and say, oh, let's do this, let's do this. And it just kind of taught me, it's like, well, no, just be normal. Like if something's funny, laugh at it. And uh, you know, it, it's not a thing of like you're making fun of someone or you're laughing at someone. You're just like, these are funny situations. You know, that with with Barry and Bill, when something's happening, uh, it's funny and you're playing and you're playing along and everyone's just, um, you know, living their lives. And it that always stuck with me as a kid. Yeah. That teacher. And you're showing you're being you're relaxed. Yeah. Everyone can sense when you're not relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Where did we leave? Where did we leave Bill? Bill is. He he moves in with them. Yes. And then he gets a job, but they give him a job at the school. And, and this is where they kind of start showing where he is. uh, He loves children. um, But the parents are, and teachers are a little worried about him. They go, they don't understand. Um, they don't. Un- they don't think he's going to be safe with the children. They're not really sure how that plays out. We see Mrs. McMeany, the teacher, who doesn't <laughs> yeah. want Bill talking to the little girl who he's befriended. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Bill starts out. He's a handyman with the school. Another situation that's very quickly resolved because. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. McMeany, the teacher, uh, ho- wants to hold a meeting with all the parents saying why Bill shouldn't be allowed to help out at the school. And uh, Dennis Quaid goes in and talks to her and he goes, hey, you know what? Actually, he's okay. And then she doesn't have the meeting anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns her around. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, condensed milk in this. <laughs> <laughs> And then the little girl he befriends uh, goes into the hospital and he waits in the waiting room for her for 24 hours before finally being let uh, in to go see her. It, does he have like a little like uh, stuffed animal for her or something like that? <laughs> does he? Does he give her a thing? I thought he just went in and, and prayed the Lord's Prayer over her. And then <laughs> yeah. that was that. I, well, that's what like happens that. in the documentary. But I think I remember the stuffed animal. In the movie. The movie he does have a stuffed animal. Okay. 
Yeah, I think I don't think does he I don't think he does the prayer in the movie, does he? He does. He does the he oh, yeah. does the Lord's Prayer. Boy, yeah, yes. we'll get to this, but boy, when I found out the real version of that story, I was really mad that they changed it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, we're kind of like, I feel like the, the, the water isn't really boiling with us talking about this movie because it truly is languidly paced and then people give you a lot of verbal information and then it just kind of drifts down the river again. We, we wind up with Bill working at the college coffee shop and he becomes a beloved fixture there. And, uh, Dennis Quaid gets a job in Hollywood. I guess his vague <laughs> documentary is going to make it big. And, uh, uh, and he says, Hey Bill, we're going to move. Do you want to move with us? And Bill says, no, I'll stay here. And then that's, that's the movie. Right. Right. Credits roll. Smile credits roll. I mean, this, this is, I I like Bill. I like the story. I um, think he's owed everything he is given in his life. Um, but also, like, I just, it's like you're describing. I just kind of feel like, is this really the story that just had to be told? I mean, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, I think I, I, do. I, I like this. I like the story of him. And I, I think, I think a book about him is interesting. And then just, you know, some newspaper articles. Um, but it's it's like there's not so much happening that a two hour movie could be pulled from it, but um, I guess it just depends on the point of the film. And- well, I I definitely have feelings about that. Should we get <laughs> okay, into the? Right. Should we move into the documentary yeah, side of yeah. things? <laughs> so first of all, this movie was huge. This movie was a huge huge hit for CBS. They made a sequel about it, which I, none of us have watched, right? Did you watch Bill on his own? I watched. Uh, you did? The, I watched the first half hour. A completist. Okay. okay. Uh, just as it, you know, it, 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 when the YouTube clip ended, it went right into it. And well, that's uh, how they get you. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two, two years Those later, <laughs> they made a follow-up movie called Bill on his own. And they retained all the rest of the cast include, and they added Helen Hunt. <laughs> Well, I yeah. feel like they got, uh, they probably got Dennis Quaid right before he did Jaws 3D. Um, yeah. that, I mean, cause like, I think for the, from what it seems like he's only in it for like a few minutes, I think. Ah, that makes a lot more sense because yeah. he was in the right stuff in Jaws 3D that year. That was yes. his big breakout year. Yes. So I, I, you know, like you get a little bit of him at the beginning and it's like, well, bye Bill, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Just like the title. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably will. Uh, finish the rest of it. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. at this time I just didn't have enough time to watch okay. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie was a big movie and regardless of any ways that I might, uh, feel, I, I guess it was a, a very big deal because it was the first movie like this to give a centralized role somebody who is intellectually disabled and give them a triumphant ending. And it garnered a lot of attention for both the cause, but also for the real life Bill Sactor. He got invited to the white house. He started winning all these awards. Uh, when this won a Emmy for Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney was on Broadway, but he sent bill in his place. Yeah. Um, and there is an incredible, incredible footage 
from the documentary of Bill going on stage uh, and some producer at the award show said, we don't want Bill playing his harmonica on stage <laughs> because Hollywood <laughs> is the worst. So yeah. Bill gave his harmonica uh, to one of the other people. And then when he went on stage, he had hidden a smaller secret harmonica <laughs> in his jacket and he played that on stage. Thank God. Good for yeah. you, Bill. Make everyone of those idiots listen to your harmonica. <laughs> yeah. See, that, that was a point about him is that he was, um, he always played, like it just no matter what he did, he always went somewhere and he would play his harmonica for everyone. Yeah. So there was a document. So that's why the producer was was for some reason the producer was. Who cares? Uh, or, no, it's like, who, who cares? cares? This like, guy this wants to play his, harmonica. This is that's what I mean. Like this is his, and also it's like that's like if you have Michael Winslow at the microphone, you don't. He's say, gonna he's gonna say you what would it be like? Uzi. Yeah, you're not allowed to do the Uzi, Michael. What if, <laughs> what if Jimmy? <laughs> What if Led Zeppelin was playing a guitar right now? He said. <laughs> exactly, and you don't you don't stop Winslow. You know you don't, no. you don't take a, you don't take away the ocean spray from Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> <laughs> and that those are the kind of very current jokes, Mike, that give us a lot of youthful listeners. <laughs> it's a very timely show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a couple of years ago, there was a documentary produced about the real Bill Sactor. Uh, a very interesting part learning about the production of the 1981 Bill movie was they approached, uh, I'm totally going to forget his name. What was the real, I'm who was the guy who took care of, of Bill for a lot of the Barry, Barry Morrow. The real Barry Morrow was a documentary filmmaker, uh, and he had a ton of footage of Bill. And when he was approached about making a film about Bill, they said, hey, th the way he phrases it seems a little delicate. He said, we're going to bypass the documentary and we want to make a, a Hollywood drama about it. <laughs> I was like, that is a very nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> So in this documentary called A Friend Indeed, we meet the real Bill Sactor, who is the most charming man on the planet. Like when you mm -hmm. see the real guy, you go, oh, of course everyone loved this guy the yeah. second they met him. He is the sweetest, funniest guy who just has such a natural charm about him. Um, and the way he talks, he talks like a Minnesota Rough guy, like, oh, hey there, how you do? Okay, well, I'm yeah. gonna make the coffee. People like it. All right, amen. You know, it just just a grade A sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And I think a big issue I have with the way uh, Mickey Rooney plays it is I feel like Mickey Rooney either saw footage or met somebody once who had Down syndrome and said, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it's that. Mm -hmm. That's what but, I was thinking too. The way he pushes his voice. Yes, he like, is giving like he kind of strains his voice. The most if I can say it the most like school schoolyard level impersonation of a quote retarded person. Yes. In in the way that grade schoolers will do or the way that, you know, the the simple jack style of <laughs> <Yeah>. acting. Um <clears throat> why did, did, I was wondering about that. Do you think that he was doing that or was his or was that Mickey Rooney's old man voice? I think 
Nathan, I don't know if that was a joke you were making. I think <laughs> it is. Not. I was. 50% of choice and is 50% just Mickey Rooney being Mickey Rooney because he has a That's very I, specific way about him. <laughs> um, and when you add the fact that he is such a little guy and his eyes are so big and his, I mean, when you have Mickey Rooney, I'm guessing you've just like put the camera 20 feet away from him and zoom in or he'll break your lens <laughs> because Mickey Rooney <laughs> is more a performer than an actor. I think like he just, yeah. he knows how to give you a Mickey Rooney. Ah, ah, the movies, Judy, but you don't call him to do a performance. Really? He doesn't disappear. into a role. <laughs> but why would he do that when he has met the real life bill and everyone's saying like, Oh, this story of bill is so amazing, but you don't give him any of the same attributes. And he's also, Mickey Rooney is playing at a lower functionality level for sure. Don't you think? Because yeah. I felt like listening to the real Bill yeah. Sector, I, I went, I don't know how long it would take me to realize that he had any uh, developmental yeah. issues because he just comes across as just like a basic guy. And then I'm sure when you get more into talking to him or you realize like, you know, he can't write his name or he has yeah. a very limited, you know, understanding of Well, well if he things. says the Lord's Prayer in front of you. Which <laughs> 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 he, he did not, it, that's the thing, like he, when he, he does not know the words to the things that he's doing. He just knows the sounds. That's what the wife yeah. says. Yeah. He can mimic the sounds really well. So <laughs> when he says the Lord's Prayer, it's funny because he's like, the words are, jumbled around and but it matches the cadence so let me add and michael ask you i'll unfairly ask you this first <laughs> do you think mickey rooney's performance since he knows the real life guy he's literally met the real life guy do you think that is a decision they made to make him seem less functional to read bigger i i kind of yeah, I kind of do wonder that, like, if they – well, one one thought in my head is, like, did Mickey Rooney make this choice and it was just the director probably maybe tried to differentiate it, but it's Mickey Rooney. Like, you can't really get Mickey Rooney to change how he was going to do it or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean – Rooney's going to Rooney. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was actually, well, one of the other things I was trying to YouTube is just see if like, if Dennis Quaid ever gave any like interviews about Bill. Um, I don't know. I, I found one clip where, um, well, it, you know, I can't really take it for, for certain, but it was like with Opie and Anthony or something where they, all the questions that they asked him were strictly about Bill and like, you know, he kind of, you know, he gave some kind of like, you know, you sons of bitches or something like that. You know, why bring up that movie? Okay. But so, so I was trying to see if there was anything out there, you know, about Mickey Rooney's choices, but, uh, but yeah, but maybe just to, to make it play more, maybe if they were trying to hit a certain like emotional beat or something, you know, maybe they, they discuss like just embellishing a little bit. Did you get the? I mean, I know you said he's opening Anthony, so I'm sure that they are just wanted to uh, get a rise out be, of him. Yeah, yeah. right. Did Very he respectfully like he was, ask yeah. questions <laughs> about this film. There's fresh air, and then there's opening <laughs> Anthony. Anthony. Um, yeah. Did it seem like I, I know he knew he was being pushed around, but did it seem like he was embarrassed by this project? 
Um, well, see, I couldn't find an actual clip of him, but it was just them describing talking to him about it. So unfortunately, I wish I, I was just trying, I don't know, maybe I should have dug deeper, go on Reddit or something. You're a pretty terrible guest. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, you know, he, 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 uh, when he's on stage accepting the, the Emmy for Rooney, yeah, Rooney, he's, he seems pretty, um, you know, excited about it. You know, he seemed pretty like respectful of the, of the movie and, and bill and all that stuff. And, um, well, sure. I mean, it was the same year and he's a 27 year old guy standing at a award ceremony. I'd be pretty respectful <laughs> too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Fuck this thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I just mean, I, I he's giving the Pelosi I mean clap is- to bill. <laughs> I just, I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think anyone's ashamed of this movie. I mean, there's nothing okay. to be ashamed about, you know? No, I, I just didn't know judging by his response. So he was just reacting to them. It was nothing in light of, I think. Oh he, yeah. I think yeah. He, okay. Yeah. It was nothing it like, like he, being embarrassed by being in the movie or anything. Okay. Yeah. It seemed like he was just like, guys, uh, come on, let's not do this kind of thing. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, right. you know, like with a smirk with his, with the, <laughs> <laughs> at the patent Dennis Quaid smirk the patented waggle yeah. no I, um, I did ask my yeah. you know I, I reached out to my parents you know in preparation for this you know like do they remember seeing it and oh, okay. like, he is emphatically they were like they're like yeah I do remember watching really? it really so, okay yeah I mean even you know my pal Robert Banks you know I, I you know just talked with him the other day and I was like do you ever see the movie Bill and he's like, with Mickey Rooney? Yeah, of course I saw Bill. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems like something that, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I never heard about it until just this week. It <laughs> is a magic that we talk about a lot on this show, which is when there was three, four channels, everyone watched the same thing. I just saw mm-hmm. an inflatable chair that was in the shape of the fall guy. <laughs> For children, because that was was on TV. So yeah, a little kid's gonna watch the Fall Guy. That's like having a chair of the Mentalist. Like, there's no reason a child would normally watch this thing. It was just on, so you had to see it. So yeah, everyone had a mandatory. The president called you, and you had to watch. Bill mm-hmm. Carter would call you. Uh, if if they um, what were, we were going on about. We were talking about oh his voice. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, do you think? How did they get to Rooney in this role? How did they cast him? Yes. How do they like? Who's there and goes? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like like who reads is, is this intelligently disabled? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like, 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 who, who does, or did, did he like audition for it? Did he get it? Did it, you know, you know what I mean? Like, how does he get to this movie? Um, how does Mickey Rooney get to this movie? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, not to be too basic about it, uh, he was probably affordable. Mickey Rooney notoriously was broke yeah. his entire life. Uh, he had a serious gambling addiction, which led him just penniless. Yeah. So I think you could hire him for anything. Um, 
And he was an older star, and it was a TV movie. So your grandma would know who Mickey Rooney was, and you'd know who yeah. Mickey Rooney was. Uh, did I think was Black Stallion around this? I think Black Stallion had come out like a year or two before, mm-hmm. so maybe he had a little bit of heat on him still from that. That was a pretty prestigious movie. Well, and I think at at the time where now like we live in this era where TV is so like paramount you know it's it's like the the goal you know not 1983 right well well, they say it's like the golden age right now where yeah back then being in a tv movie was almost seen like um almost a negative thing yeah slightly like just a paycheck you were on hard times if you were doing a tv movie yes yeah so maybe for him it was a win-win that's very true um and I, I don't know. Does he do a bad job in this? I think he is doing what you hire Mickey Rooney to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think otherwise it's on the the director. Um, what I think is my main my two main concerns about something like Bill. First of all, is I don't know why they changed his character so much when it is a real living person who has a very dramatic story. Mm-hmm. The story about the little girl in the hospital, which I assumed was fabricated. It was, no, it was the dude's daughter. Barry Morrow's daughter. Why did they change it? Like that's more. Did it seem too unbelievable? Because the true story is uh, Barry Morrow's daughter got incredibly ill as a small child, went to the hospital. Bill found out, was heartbroken. And the kid was they, in a coma. Yeah. And and the, the, the Barry Morrow is describing the scene where Bill goes in, takes the wig off his head and starts praying for this little girl, leaves the room. And when he left the room, the little girl woke up from a coma. Is that well, just no, wait, no, he, too he much? He to the elevator. Yeah. And then he says, you know, he says something to him like, I think my prayer fixed her or something. And then the door closes and instantly he hears sc- he's screaming in the room like something's happening. He runs back and the daughter's awake. Yeah. Wow. Incredible story. Incredible yeah. story. Why do they make these weird changes? And people, I'm sure there are people who got fed up with the real life bill. You know, people are frustrating. <laughs> people are human. I'm sure he could be a little much sometimes. And, you know, these documentaries, I should also say this documentary is not the best made thing I've ever seen in my life. It's just that he was such a compelling person. I think it's worth checking out because normally these kind of documentaries either put angel wings or demon horns on mm-hmm. people. Uh, and this is definitely an angel winger. Um, but everybody in the Bill movie is so mean and aggressive to Bill. I got the impression that people weren't aggressively against the guy. If anything, they were probably just careless towards him because he seemed too together. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's too subtle of a message for this movie, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like because maybe they knew it was coming out in Christmas time. I don't know. Maybe they just think like, like, okay, we really got to hit the, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, 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 it is perplexing because that seems to me like that scene, that would be like the capper, like the perfect capper or something. Yeah. Sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the other issue, and it's my issue with every kind of movie like this for, for the most part is Bill is enough to make you care about him and to make you think about people who are different than you in a much more compassionate light. 
these movies tend to make it about the people who are in contact with Bill or what we're focusing on. And Bill really doesn't have any goals or agency. He is just this angelic little magical potato man who changes your life. Like, how is Bill going to make me a better person? You know, he changed me just as much. Uh, it's a very, I don't know, it's such a self-serving way of thinking about things. And it makes people go into situations with talking to people being like, what am I going to get out of this? I don't know. It, maybe it seems condescending. It, it makes it seem like they're less people and more these magical lesson teachers. Do you think that if it would come out, say if, if this movie was coming out just now, I mean, it would probably be crucified, right? If this same movie came out? Yeah. <laughs> say if it didn't come out in 81, but it came out like 2021. I think people would call the Rooney performance way too much. Everything else, it's your typical TV movie sort of narrative. I think the performance would change. Um, And I guess that kind of leads to the other big question is, is it bad taste? I'm trying to think of a word other than evil. That's not what I (laughs) mean to say. (laughs) To cast a, a person in these roles and have them play a disability. That's what I was thinking. Like, is it even okay to do this anymore? Yeah, I feel like they, um, they would. I mean, because say like uh, a couple months ago, what that uh, that movie Prom, and uh, James Corden played one of the roles who, you know, um, who he was playing a gay character. Where they said, oh, you should have, you could have easily cast a a gay character to play that, or, or a gay person to play that. So yeah, I I bet yeah, it probably would have been torn up to shreds shreds now if it came out but they and they would probably would have cast somebody who was intellectually disabled in that part but is that i don't know that that could be a more lengthy time period to film because sometimes you know maybe you know depending on the day if they're if they're having difficulties with them or something right like is it situ- well, that's it, my question is it situational based on the needs or is it something that is a hard and fast rule because i mean you think about something like leonardo dicaprio and what's eating gilbert grape right that was the first thing i ever saw him in i didn't know that he was acting i because he does a very for, in my perspective he does a very good job yeah. and if what i've read online people actually responded well to it so is a big chunk of it just how you're writing the character? And is a character like Bill to to hinge a movie completely and also be playing a real character? Is that too much to put on a on an actor? No, that, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, well, I cut you off. I'm sorry. He, when he's watching the, um, they talk about when he's when he went to go see the movie. It premiered in his town. Uh, in the movie, the character, uh, you're talking about the real, the, the real stuff. life, the real life bill went to see yes. the Mickey Rooney bill. Yes. Yes. And he, Mickey Rooney's bill gets off at the wrong bus stop. And, uh, bill, the real bill leans over to his neighbor in the, in the seat and says, Oh, it's okay. I do that too. Sometimes <clears throat> like the guy, and the way the guy read it as is like, he, he's not really connecting that he's actually playing him in this role. <laughs> right. Or whatever. There was a know. disconnect there. But I, I don't know if I buy that. 
fully, but um, I think he was just. I, 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 let's see, I feel like Bill's way more aware than than maybe that guy's giving him credit. Like I feel like Bill may have even been trying to be funny. You know, I don't know. The way I feel like a lot of stuff that Bill says, like it makes you feel like, oh, this is really cute, all the kind of stuff he says. But like, I don't know. I think at some point, you're talking real Bill or Rooney Bill. Real Bill. Okay. I, I think at some point he he knows he knows that what he says is funny, you know, um, to some extent, you know. I think you know how people are probably going to respond to you because it also said that he would yeah. do things like just kind of parrot back whatever a doctor would say to him because he was a people pleaser. Yeah. Uh, probably because he was in a mental institution for 44 years where people were horrible to him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there is that kind of just learned behavior of giving people what you know will get a smile out of them or a good response. Yeah. Um, there was a very – oh, keep going. I was just going to say he has – the real Bill is not like the uh, Mickey Rooney in that he is, has all kinds of styles and looks. He has like he has a couple <laughs> different great. wigs. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he has these great hats. Like some days he looks like, you know, an old like communist, like <laughs> Russian, like <laughs> you know, like a guy who just you know got out from the potato fields. And then, uh, then I, but I think my favorite look is probably the Doctor Demento, uh, <laughs> the top hat, big. Big bushy beard and a top hat. And he looks like, yeah, he's about to introduce a new uh, Spike Milligan (laughs) record or something. So in taking with what you're saying, with uh, what you were saying, like you think he was more aware. This was very interesting that I read on Wikipedia. He was diagnosed as intellectually disabled, although diagnosis performed decades later would prove his intelligence was near normal. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so what I'm saying, he's a, he's a fraud. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, this is a gotcha podcast. I'm here to take down Bill Sattler. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it, again, this was a person who after age seven was cast out by society living inside an institution for 44 years. So, of course, you're going to have a lot of stunts to your your development. But in terms of, especially if in light of that, which they didn't know at the time, but in light of that, Mickey Rooney's performance is even more off the mark to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because it, it kind of just goes with what you're saying. This was a guy who had a very traumatic life, made the best of it, had a great attitude. So he was more coherent than maybe people even realized or even he realized, but he could only perform up to a certain extent. Like there was maybe just like a, a glass ceiling for him that he was hitting up against. Yeah. Maybe. That, that's, that's I'm, a, I'm a doctor. I should actually really look into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting idea. I thought that if if his intelligence was basically near normal, would he be the sil- the same bill today? Um, if he had, uh, had he not gone into the institution, just had a norm, just had like how we had today, like just the the normal how they do, how they put you in the least amount of restriction in school to make it as quote unquote normal as possible, and he would have just been just this 
average guy. Yeah. Who wouldn't have deserved any awards. Yeah, he would have been a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rooney goes on to play somebody else. Somebody right. more deserving. <laughs> Someone with more action in his story. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Did Mickey where like did Mickey Rooney after this, like and I didn't I mean, I don't know, like did he Where is know, he now? Was it res- <laughs> the ground? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, was it there a resurgence? That old Mickey. His, <laughs> was there some kind of resurgence after this? I, I don't I don't even like I can't even really think Mickey of that, Rooney you know? he kind of continues to work I mean he's in plenty more stuff after this, but let's see. I mean, so he um I'll call out a couple. Let me look up a couple. Uh, Probably a lot of TV movies, golden though. nuggets here. <laughs> so he is in a TV series in '97 called Cleo the Misfit Unicorn as Talbot. Okay. He is in an episode of ER as Doctor George Bickle. Wait, Bickle, uh, Bickle. <laughs> He's in an episode of Chicken Soup for the Soul as Old Man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of roles like that. Um, so this was like almost his grand hurrah or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, he, he he does small roles. I mean, he's famously in Babe Pig in the City as the most disturbing clown of oh, all yeah. time. Mr. Ferkel, I yes. believe his name is. Have you seen Babe Pig in the City, Nate? Truly uh, demented dark. movie. Very yeah. Dark. Really? I, I love, I have not watched it since i first saw it because it was so different from the original babe, but I'll give it a second go. But Mickey Rooney plays a clown. Imagine this is Mickey Rooney 20 years after (laughs) bill with clown makeup on. And he is eating, I think a jelly donut and the jelly is just dripping all over his face. Something like that. It's a real image that, uh, gets into. Do you think that they actually cast him for that or someone's passed him by on the street? (laughs) And just got that on footage, and I go, crap. Yeah, so, I mean, I think his career could have bounced back um, real hard. I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. He uh, was bad at finances. So (laughs) (laughs) the last thing in his legacy on Wikipedia is that he died with uh, owing $18,000, and they solicited contributions after his death to pay it off. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're saying that in his death, he was struggling to find Grant? He gained. He gamed the system in a way that I would like <laughs> yeah. to game the system in my death, which is owing a lot of people money I never have to pay back. That is the way to go. I, brother, you're telling me. <laughs> Um, you're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of ways to make money off of entertainment, uh, Mike, I'm going to let you, uh, promote your new project, which is a documentary you're in process of making. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, uh, this podcast is over by the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I realized I just got to say, wait, do we have more to say about bill before you, you hawk your life? (laughs) Like, I mean, Bill was, I'm, I'm glad that it was introduced to me, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's something like I, um, you know, I, I grew up in that, that era, but you know, didn't see a lot of those TV movies. So I think it's, it's fascinating just to see and to know that it was such a huge ratings hit and all that yeah. stuff. Like I, 
I often find myself in these YouTube rabbit holes of watching like vintage HBO promos from the eighties. I, I don't know. I'm just very fascinated. We know nothing about that. Things. You're a sick man. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I'm very fascinated by all facets of eighties, uh, television landscape before cable became, you know, what it, what it is. And now, yeah, streaming, but, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm internally grateful to be on the show. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're happy to have you. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm glad to know about the guy. You know, I, I this isn't uh, the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life, but I get. You know what? It introduced me to the real guy, and I'm I'm happier to know about him and his life. So I guess it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched it with my wife and daughter, and um. You know, a lot of times I'll I'll try and take notes when I watch these things, and this is one of the ones where I just kind of shut the computer off and just watched because, you know, as for all its faults, it was interesting, and it's, it's especially, of course, knowing that there's a real guy that all this stuff happened to. And uh, my daughter's review, um, uh, it, it it was boring. <laughs> I mean, I agree with her. I actually do think this movie is also boring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was my astute observation as well. (laughs) For as much meat, that is, that is the biggest tragedy of this film. And you can say whatever you want about his performance or, or the, the pacing or whatever. That is the biggest tragedy is that with such a fascinating person who they had to base this movie on, it is a, boring movie <laughs> and it shouldn't be go watch go watch the documentary everyone it's like i said it's not the most perfectly crafted thing but it's worth an hour and a half of your time it's free on youtube it's it's about a great guy so go out and watch that do you do you think that um like the way we watched it was just you know we watched it normally but do you think that stony would recommend a way to watch this movie <laughs> I don't. I don't love. I don't love how uh, this is becoming a bit. You see, there's a um, there's a certain character who sometimes shows up on this on this program. His name is Stony. Uh, he loves some kind bud. Let me let me let me hold on. May we speak to Stony? Is this your in the actor's studio? Let me tell you, Amy. <laughs> Here's one kind of bill I like. It's the legalization bill. <laughs> nice. I knew you'd deliver. I knew you'd deliver, Stoney. All right. Well, now that we've horrified our guest, uh, is there anything like we're so happy you've joined us? Is there anything that you'd like to promote that people should go out and see? Sure. Uh, well, I, you know, clevelandfilm.com. We have, you know, there's a lot of things to look check out there. Uh, you can learn more about some of the things that are happening here in the area. Um, and then eventually at the end of the year, finally, uh, after four years, <laughs> I will have this a documentary done about uh, local filmmaker Robert Banks called We'll Talk About That Later. And um, it's uh, I'm very excited about it. You know, hopefully um, right now we're securing a lot of the, the music rights. Um, so just uh, secured uh, some stuff from Living Color and – uh, some certain fire marshal bill. Uh, well, 
cult of personality. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, uh, stuff that uh, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, fire marshal! Oh, now you Sorry. see how yes, funny I'm being. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> that, oh, oh, we don't play that. Sorry. <laughs> Can I, can I do a redo of that? Because uh, yeah, uh, but anyway. no, your your reaction was right. It's much like my parents now, where they kind of just float whatever I said by and oh casually dismiss it. I, no, but damn I can't it. imagine no, the amount of yes anding that happens at your house, at your parents' house, Zechariah. But yeah, uh, hopefully that would be done at the end of the year. Then hopefully playing festivals the following year. Do you have a soft month that this might be coming out? My hope would be, I don't know. I mean, we're probably, I want to do like a pre-screen. I mean, like a in-person pre-screening probably in the month of December. Is what All I'm right. Hoping. So it's a hard and firm release date, December. <laughs> it was lucky for Bill. It's going to be lucky for you. Yes. Mike, thank you for joining us here on Network Special. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, everyone out there, have a wonderful rest of your week. Remember, I love you. Nate, you don't need your signature sign off. Bye. <laughs> Jeremy, you got that? Oh, we got it, Daddy O. All right. <laughs> Cut and print. <laughs>